Philadelphia. We are recording at 10 p.m. on Sunday night, but really, it's 11 p.m. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Uh, My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster, and I am joined by two guys who killed 60 ducks, 15 geese, a pheasant, and a Kodiak bear, and a bull elephant with pictures to prove it on Instagram. What's up, Chuck and Gene? I'm apparently a, a serial killer of animals. Uh, this is Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And I'm Gene Zelak, and you can find me bye, 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 weekend it. Oh, is that a little uh, in sync? That was. That was a little in sync for you. That's about I, all. It was That's... like, for me, it was a 50 50 toss up between in sync or backstreet boys. I, I had no idea. I heard the B forming in your mouth. I heard, is that a little boo in sync? Yeah. Did you like will me to go in sync on that? Were you like, no, Dave, no, no, no. Yeah. Well, that's as close as you're going to get to me doing karaoke. So I hope you guys all appreciated it. Uh, okay, bye week. What do you guys do on a bye week? Do you just watch other games, or like, what do, what do you do? Uh, I didn't. I didn't watch a single game today. You're on a sports podcast, you, right? I yeah, I, I recognize <laughs> that, but <laughs> I, I I know I'm not brought in for my you know greater <laughs> NFL knowledge. In Chuck's <laughs> defense, we're a Philadelphia sports podcast. Yeah, exactly. And exactly one Philadelphia sports team played today, and they didn't play football. Um, So, yeah. I don't know if they played basketball either. (laughs) Yeah, I I saw that score, and I'm like, well, I don't know shit about basketball, but I don't think Brooklyn's supposed to be good, and I think we are, and that's not a good result. But, um, no, it was just, like, chores, mundane shit. Like, you don't have the excuse of, like, Oh, I really have to watch this game, you know, like when you don't even know who's playing. So, right, it's it's that day where you know you, you have to actually cash in on all the times you said I can't do that thing because the Eagles are playing. Exactly. So they got to make good on the debt. <laughs> Gene, what'd you do? You go picking strawberries or anything today? No, no, there was no no fruit picking. I uh, went and hang out with a couple of friends of ours that um, we hadn't seen for a while, mostly because. Uh, they're not Eagles fans because they didn't like they migrated to this part of the world. So they've been inviting us over to do things, you know, and it's always been like on a Sunday. And we're like, nah, there's an Eagles game. Uh, so we, we went and hung out with them. And uh, I was home in time to watch the end of the Rams game, which I felt like that was lived up to the hype to watch the Rams and the Saints uh, score a lot of points. One of the few games where, like, there was if there was ever a mortal lock for an over, I feel like that was a mortal lock for an over, uh, which I don't actually know what the over-under was for that game, but I feel like it definitely went over. And I watched the bitter end of the Sixers game, which that was a mistake. Uh, I should have watched anything else. I should have continued watching <laughs> reruns from sitcoms from this week that I was trying to get caught up on. Yeah. Uh, uh, and instead of the early, early games, I watched uh, last night's episode of Saturday Night Live, which was actually kind of a, a great episode this week. It so really if you was. So if you haven't watched it yet, those of you, uh, I know you're tuned here to watch our listen to our uh, insight into Philadelphia sports. But hey, if you want a good giggle, there's a couple of laugh lines in the this week's episode of Saturday Night Live. So that was my Sunday. All right. But the Eagles were on a bye week, but it's not like they did nothing uh, for a week because yeah, Howie pretty, pulled, pulled a week. trigger. So was this the move that, I mean, we talked a little bit about this last week. Was this the move that you kind of, and I, I didn't see this on my radar, but was this the move that made you guys happy? Were you, was, was you know, this something that you feel has made the team better? Yeah, I, I'd say so. I mean, uh, I, I don't know what the magic trade would have been, but I, I'm happy with the addition of weapons. I'm happy, you know, to bring in Golden Tate and, you know, I think the guy still has game. I think that he's going to be a nice addition. And the the more options you give Wentz, that's more things the defense has to defend against and, you know, just make this offense a little more potent. So, yeah, I, I'm pleased with the uh, the addition. Yeah, for me, Howie kind of made a, a move, no move here. Um, he He made the team better. Gave up a third-round pick, but uh, 
he didn't because all right so you give up a third round pick for this you stack it up to what dallas did with amari cooper and giving away a first round pick and i'm i'm glad we didn't do anything as drastic as that and i mean it's fine that if we get outbid we get outbid by a huge bid like that by, by a rival i i think ultimately I, I realize that dallas needed a weapon but i think ultimately that's going to set that organization back uh, a step or two because i also don't think amari cooper's that much of a game changer anyway um so i i like the what we gave up i'm i enjoy i think i'm going to enjoy what we got and even if it's just a rental even if it's just a rental there's going to be a compensatory pick involved in here somehow so i don't think it's a damaging move and i think it's a good um kind of center line move i feel like you you hit the nail on the head because like i i feel like this is absolutely a rental because of the situation that we're in uh golden tate is a receiver over 30 well will be over 30 i think he is 30 and that's something that's how he does not jive with he doesn't like to carry older receivers it's not something that he's he feels is a good bet i think that there's some evidence to back that up there's not a ton of older wide receivers Uh, you know there are some greats that played well into their 30s tim brown jerry rice guys like that but i just feel like that there is a big drop off much like running backs all of the skill positions that that aren't guys throwing the ball have a big drop off when you get to 30 running backs wide receivers so I feel like that all th- signs point to how he's grabbing a guy he feels like has a very specific skill set that can help this team right now in the situation that it's in. He's watched enough plays that have gone to Nelson Aguilar where he gets a ball that if a guy who had the ability to run after the catch, some of these six-yard, seven-yard plays may have opened up into you know 20-yard plays, but Nelson Aguilar is just not a guy who's real strong with the ball in his hands. Um, He's just not a confident player. That's been a knock on him his whole career. Now, he's made some big plays. He made some big plays for this team last year in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, but he's just not consistent. And then they feel like you go and you get a guy like Golden Tate who literally is like the definition of consistency. Uh, He's got one of the longest um, three-catch streaks in in the NFL. I think it's like something in, in the neighborhood of like 40 games where he's got at least three catches in a game and he's a guy that's really dangerous specifically if he gets a ball in tight you know six or seven yard across the middle he's he's a yak guy he's a yak guy he's he leads the lead in yak right now or is second in the league he's near the top we thought donovan led the league in yak oh did i beat you to it (laughs) yes you did i was like i was like diving for the mic like champ of yak (laughs) (laughs) he's in the hall of fame of of of, uh I think the one knock against this move is that now we have Alshon Jeffrey and three slot receivers. Yeah, that is kind of a weird thing. I'm not sure who you're going to move outside or who's the thing that I was kind of reading when it was first made is that this is a move. You kind of piece it together and you try to get through the next two or three weeks. The idea is you're real dangerous when Mike Wallace comes back, because then you've got a true burner that you can put on the other side of Alshon Jeffrey with yeah. Um, with a with a guy over the middle like 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 Golden Tate, I think we do get who's the other speed guy that we lost early in the season that we had in preseason. I'm gonna I'm, I can't remember his name. Um, oh, was he the um, uh, Sheldon? Um... Oh God, I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's one of our depth receivers at this point because I think we're carrying like nine on the roster at this point. Um, and there's another guy that's got some speed on this team, <laughs> and he, he may be coming back this week. So hopefully that's who you're going to see try to piece together the idea of that we've got somebody on the outside that can that can burn. Uh, but I think next year in the draft, yeah, Shelton Gibson, right? That's who. Yeah, yeah. Next year in the draft, you're going to see how we draft. I think you're going to see a wide receiver go in, in one of the first two picks. I think that that's the idea is what we're going to bring in. I think if you're going to yeah. see a skill position, I think, and I think. Mark my words, third round, fourth round, fifth round, we're getting a running back. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. But I mean, And I think in the first round, I think we're going to look for a lineman, either defensive oh, or yeah, offensive yeah. lineman. I think that that's how the draft I – feel, I feel like, you know, it's not going way out on a limb to say that that's how the draft is going to stack up next year. Yeah, the offensive line needs some, needs some reinforcement. Um, so, well, we found out what we all did uh, on a bye week, but – what did Carson Wentz do on his bye week? Kill a bunch of shit with Mike Trout. 
Uh, I I mean, you guys saw the Instagram picture, right? <laughs> I I didn't see it until you put it in the uh the outline the the references of the hunting, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And I went and looked it up. Um, that's that's a lot of dead animals, and and I'm happy, you know, Wentz and and Trout are are boys, and you know that Philly connection there. But it's that Philly connection that makes me wonder, like Carson Wentz, is he from North Dakota or did he just go to school there? I mean, he's from somewhere rural, whereas Mike Trout's from Philly. That's a lot no, of animals. No, to no, kill. no, no. No, Mike Trout's from Mike South Trout's Jersey, Millville. Yeah, he's oh, from South Jersey. Okay. Well, I take it all back. <laughs> I believe it's the. I don't know why did I think growing up they were the Millville Mud Hens. That sounds familiar. Uh, but I think they're the Thunderbolts. <laughs> well, I mean, either way, does it, like a mud hen or a thunderbolt kill lots of animals? Anyway, whatever. That's a pretty um, that's a pretty rural area for for South Jersey. Do you feel okay. like this was a sales trip for Carson? Like, do you yeah. feel like he was he was he was doing a because you know no because. It's like you're the best player in the major league baseball, and you're fanboying out to hang out. I don't know. Do you, does it feel that way? Kind of. You don't think that it did at, at some point Carson leans over after, as they're waiting for you know sitting in the blind where he leans over and goes, you know, in two years, we could do this all the time. As like Carson's <laughs> as like Carson's pouring some sort of like animal urine, <laughs> rubbing it into Mike Trout's back. <laughs> aren't they shooting mostly geese like i don't know I that don't you know, need man. i don't know that you need geese pee like i don't know that that's part of the ritual i mean unless I it is anything about hunting sorry i like the phrase as part of the ritual like they're conjuring the dead <laughs> all right first gotta, break up, gotta make sure you don't run out geese pee like especially gander pee i mean they don't tell you that but the gander <laughs> pee is where it's at <laughs> Well, if there's two guys that probably had plenty of it, like, you know, they've got that, that was that's a lot of millions of dollars worth of money that's sitting in some duck blind in South Jersey. Where were Look, they? Were they in South Jersey? Yeah, I, I don't think um, I don't know. For some reason, to Mike Trout, to me, seems like if he ever did become a free agent, it, it would be a no brainer that he would come to Philly anyway. But like free agent in the sense that he had any interest in leave, leaving Anaheim. Like, I feel like if there's. He he feels pretty embedded there. There's no reason why the Anaheim Angels wouldn't spend every dime that they have. Like he's literally the whole franchise. But at some point, when you're when you are the franchise, when you are the face of of baseball, when you are a future Hall of Famer, at some point you really need. I mean, don't you need to test yourself? I feel like Anaheim is like one of those. It's like okay, it's no pressure to be here. The fans, I mean, for the most part, probably don't give a shit. Um, and you're getting basically a free ride. You know you're not playoff bound. Um, there's just the pressure's off. If he came to Philly or New York or you know any one of these hotbeds, Chicago, he'll never I mean, be a Met. Like, he'll never be, be a Met. He'll never be a Met. He'll never do it. I know that. Okay. okay. What I, I, meant, I meant the Yankees when I said New York. Oh, okay. I was thinking Yankees. Um, at that point, he's gonna. Have, I mean, I know we're getting moving into like the hot stove conversation here, but uh, I mean, at that point, he's gonna have to. He's gonna feel the pressure. He hasn't felt any pressure yet. Yeah, but I, I could see him going to the Cubs. That's a great example, or or the Red Sox. I I think the you know, the you know, I guess sorry, South Jersey native uh, thing about Mike Trout might keep him away from the Yankees, but I don't think he needs to come to philly he's he's got it here he's got the the best of both worlds he's a hometown hero hero without playing here he doesn't need to worry about a bad performance he can still come home and root for the eagles and you know be a philly at heart you know maybe play the final season of his career as a philly and sell a whole bunch of jerseys and you know sign me up for one too but uh, i i don't think I don't think he needs to do, and I think he's smart enough not to. You'd mentioned like fanboying. You know, is it a little embarrassing, you know, for him to be, you know, like fanboying as a professional athlete? And I thought of David Boreanaz, because um, that du- dude, huge Philly fan, but like, it is kind of embarrassing. 
you know, when you have Bones is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> Bones was fine. This man, he's going to be the next Regis Philbin. He's been on like TV for like 25 years on three I shows. Get, I, I get it. But well, I'm not saying he's a huge celebrity, but it's a little funny to watch him. I still think he's less famous than his dad in Philly. Well, yeah, in Philly. But, well, but maybe that's the point. Maybe he's not coming back and doing the weather. You know, he's got a good thing going out in California. He can't come back and stand the pressure of, you know, AccuWeather forecasts. No, but I hear what you're saying, though. I mean, my kids are, are they're asking for Mike Trout jerseys for Christmas. Um, so, like, he already does. You're right. He already does have that celebrity status here. Gene, what's the trade package that would get Mike Trout here from the Angels next season? The Phillies would have to I'm trade. Just, I'm kidding. The dude, whole team. <laughs> and there's not even if you traded every player, the Angels would be like, I don't think I no, I don't I don't want any of them. None of them. You have the no conversation package. Begins with the fanatic. Like you know he's going. <laughs> um, are we happy that Carson Wentz uh, hunts? Do you feel like there's any sort of ethical situation? Do you need to make a political statement here? On as long show? as he promises not to go with any particular political candidates or former candidates, especially ones with bad aim, I feel like I'm good. I just as long as he doesn't end up with pellets in the face from hanging out with <laughs> former vice presidents. <laughs> I uh, whatever he does on his free time is okay by me. Jamie's an ass man with that shotgun, isn't he? Isn't yeah. that where uh... I thought it was in the face? I thought it was a shotgun to the face of that. Blurb. I thought it was also to the face. I like that <laughs> multiple vice presidents in case Wentz wants to go hunting with Aaron Burr. Um... <laughs> but no, oh my like... gosh, the bye week has us like totally off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I like that it's um you know I, I I personally prefer that Wentz goes hunting where versus uh Tom Brady who's on like ba- you know sunbathing nude on the French <laughs> Riviera. Yeah, nobody wants to see that except I mean, for... wouldn't you take the hunting quarterback? Oh my god, that what, nonsense. What was the last hunting quarterback we had? I'm blanking on his name. Is the guy after Donovan? Oh, it's got to be Coy Detmer, right? With not a Coy yeah. like that, you have to be a hunter, right? Yeah. No, it was the guy that like killed a rattlesnake with his boot and a knife. What was his name? Oh, was <laughs> that was that yeah. concussion? Uh, what's his name? The one that was was replaced with with the concussion the, by Vic from he Houston. Was replaced by Vic. Yeah. Uh, why am I drawing a blank on this guy? I feel name? like it's three letters. Are you talking about? Are you talking about? Uh, Cobb? Kevin Cobb, yes. yeah. Yeah, Kevin Cobb. Okay, four letters, but one of them's silent. But <laughs> he was a hunter? Yeah. yeah, he like killed a rattlesnake with like he a He was knife. from Texas, right? Or he played his college football in Texas. I think he was from Houston. I think it's his. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he did. Come I think he was Houston. drafted out of Houston. We like Kevin so Cobb, like I, cu- I couldn't even animals. tell you one. Like I, there are zero highlight packages in my memory of Kevin Cobb. Like I have no like signature play of that guy. He was except for. I just remember him getting crumpled getting, in that Packers game, getting crushed yeah. and being replaced by Mike Vick. Like that's what I remember. Uh, <laughs> um, it, well, so okay, we got Dallas next week. That means it's Dallas week. Does that, does that do anything for you this week? I mean, does, is it different than any other week? I mean, it's different for me. I'll say it right now. I just get like amped. It's just like every day gets me more and more amped for this game, and but especially, you... especially after you know, in light of that Redskins loss. Um, so now we're only a game back. We're right in the thick of it, and Dallas is right there too. So it's not you know, it's not a David and Goliath situation one way or the other. When we're both. You know where where we are record wise, it's 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 so it's so fucking on, man. Here's the thing: I worry that we might be the last generation of true Dallas haters. I feel like mm. that we had the benefit of growing up when Dallas was in their true like smug peak. Like we got to see Jimmy Johnson and how about them Cowboys? So like <laughs> they were so infinitely hateable. Like so like we have just a vial in our blood. It just. It just pumps through us at all times. Like, we just wake up in the morning and remember that we hate Dallas. Like, that's just something that's innate. But I don't know that the generation that's going to follow us, because Dallas has been kind of just so mediocre for so long. Like, it's so hard to hate, really hate them the way that I think that we do when 
Because what really, truly I hate about Dallas, it's not even the people that wear the star. Like, that's not even what I hate, except maybe Jerry Jones. What I really hate more than anything are people that live around me, that are in my proximity, that claim that they love the Cowboys for no other reason than to be difficult and to disagree with the thing that I love. Dude, you don't need that in your life, man. You need to cut those people out. That's, well, I, I mean, most of them are gone. But I mean, when I grew up, like there was like there were these kids, and 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 you had them too. That there would be that kid in class that would show up in the Dallas starter jacket in the winter, and you're like, what is wrong with you? Like, did your father? Does your father hate you? Like, why would you come to school dressed in that color? Well, I, remember, well, I love it, it, Emmett Smith. No, you don't. You're from here. Yeah. You're supposed to love Anthony Tony like the rest of us. <laughs> I remember in high school, I like very early high school, I, I had a I had a terrible crush on a girl named Beth. And she came into school one day wearing a Dallas Cowboys starter jacket. And I had to I had to you know the pullover yeah. starter oh, jacket. We all know that starter yeah, jacket. The yeah. I, I said I, I, what what is what is this? What is this? And she basically was like, I I just like the colors. And it was like my world That's shattered. It. No. <laughs> right. But those are the kinds of things like, that... on so many levels about that, like the <laughs> fact that you don't know anything about what you're talking about <laughs> and the fact that you don't know anything what you're talking about and loving that. I mean, it was just just demoralizing to me. <laughs> I think Beth just unsubscribed. <laughs> so Beth, Beth does not listen to this. Show. But, but Gene, <laughs> you spoke to me right there that that like I was caught up in what you were saying, the fact that. You know, Dallas as this hated team, that that might be a, you know, there might be a new generation that just doesn't have the hate for Dallas really shook me. I, I And I think you're probably right, because when's the last time they've done anything? And Dave, like you, I, I'm not going to get psyched the whole week, but Dallas games mean more. You know, a win is better. A and, you know, a loss hurts more. Like, what's the old joke of, you know, we can go 2-14, and 14 and I'm happy as long as those two wins come against Dallas. Yeah, that that's not exactly true for me, but it's it's more it's, true than not. It's pretty I close to true. Cowboys. It's pretty true, yeah. close to true for me. Like, I mean, over the Giants, over the Redskins. I mean, way over the Redskins, right? Like, yeah. You hate the Redskins, but not like that. Yeah, no, no. The, the Giants... The Giants should be the biggest rival, but it's it's still the Cowboys, man. It's still the Cowboys for me. But the fact that, you know, Gene, you're right. I bet you, you know, that that's an antiquated idea, you know? Because well, I think it's up to us to pass it on to the next generation. Well, I feel like, but I feel like it's, the load is getting heavier to carry. You know what I mean? It was easy. Yeah, like, when I was growing up, like... You know, it was easy to get my father to convince me to hate. Wait, Dallas. Gene, are you are you contesting that the Cowboys need to win a Super Bowl? No, all I'm all I'm saying is that the or knock act, us out of the playoffs. The, to the, reheat this well, thing? They've, they've done all that. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's always certainly helps. But what I'm saying is, I'm I, I'm concerned that it's a harder sell to the generation behind us. We it's it's our duty to continue the oral history of being like, no, you don't, <laughs> like you don't understand like. They're going to say that we cheered when Michael Irvin got got hurt. There, there was a reason. Like, it, it's not just to knock us. Like, we yeah, we did because th that was like the expression of this was a guy that kept his boot on our throats for so long. It was a it was an expression of relief that that one of them went down because they were so smug and so arrogant for so long in the nineties. Like it was easy because we felt so. We've just been better. That's the thing is we've just been better. So it's hard to have that feeling of because we really, as a Philadelphia fan base, we thrive in that 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 mode of, you know, nobody else has any respect for us. We thrive in that role of the underdog. We embraced it. That's how we ended up getting over the top last year. Was was really embracing putting the mask on and being the underdog. There's some truth to the fact that that's our mythology, and we have a duty, like a like a sacred right, to pass that on to the next generation and be like, "Yeah, no, Dallas is a laughing stock. They're, they're they're horribly disorganized. They have nothing but a running back. But remember, there was a time where they they treated us with such disrespect and 
they don't consider us the rival that we consider them. And that's always really pissed me off. Like, <laughs> they've always looked down, like, the Eagles are not, like, the Redskins are their rival. Like, they get, Dallas fans, real Dallas fans who live in Texas, they get up for Washington <laughs> week. The only Dallas fans that get up for Eagles week are, da are, are Dallas fans that live here, which also pisses me off. So, like, that disrespect, that's the, these are the things that keep my blood pressure up about Dallas. Like, it's you know, really I wonder if that dynamic is shifting there as well. Like, as our dynamic is shifting in our area and the younger generation isn't, uh, you know, uh, uh, the hate isn't as vitriolic as it is for us. I wonder if the younger generation in Dallas is now seeing like the Redskins as sort of like, you know, not such a big deal and, and focusing, you know, Eagles, we just won the Super Bowl. It's like they always, you know, they're always in the mix here and we're always struggling against them. But well, and, and I know that Jerry Jones, like right now, Jerry Jones, like we're what he has his big blue target on. Like, we're the we're the thing that he wants to knock off. This is Jerry Jones's Super Bowl coming up. Like this is the game that I think that he's most, you know, got his his horses rallied to to run at is this game that's coming up this week because he's he he hated that we won that Super Bowl. He it made and especially the way we did it. It it made him so angry. One of the things that I appreciate most about winning the Super Bowl finally is that <laughs> I don't ever have to see like that smug face be like. Well, the Philadelphia doesn't have any rings. Mm. Ah, but yeah, no. <laughs> With fucking Chris Christie and that goddamn. Like oh, seriously, man. if that doesn't fucking drive you crazy, I don't know what will. And I think uh, Dallas also has a fine tradition of having at least one major scumbag douche mm -hmm. uh, on the roster. And right now we have it in uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Right. It, if that guy doesn't like just make you bonkers with the feed me crap while you're losing by two touch I, I don't know it's just that guy's a, a piece of shit and i oh god i hate dallas so much right. like, this conversation is just like and that's the thing is i've i, I you know i want to hope that like you know when i'm old i don't want <laughs> i want to be able to look across at you know the kids in the neighborhood of my niece and nephew and and, and know that like they want to stop on the star as bad as i do <laughs> I just had this image of like seventy year old Gene like speaking to like an eight year old in the street going like remember Dallas sucks. It's like, yeah, they do. They've been the worst team in the years for <laughs> worst team in the league for forty years. Will you tell them to go to hell? <laughs> <laughs> may they burn for another 40 yeah but i gotta say it, you know between gene's homily right there and that was beautiful work gene and and then your vitriol dave i'm psyched for this cowboys game <laughs> like like mission accomplished guys i am like i wish it were tomorrow and if it if i oh god if we just smoke them every year um, it would be great, but then at the same time, I would be kind of upset because, like, I like to be really angry at stuff when I'm watching the Dallas. You know what I mean? Like, I want it to be a struggle. Like, part of me wants it to be a struggle secretly and then to come mm -hmm. out on top. I don't know. Yeah, I like winning close. Like, it does feel good to win a close game against Dallas. Like, it, it also feels good to crush them. I remember that Thanksgiving game where we just absolutely, like, punched them in the mouth when we had Mark Sanchez yeah. at quarterback. Like, that felt really good, too. But, you know, I like winning or against Dallas. that game Dallas 16 sort of play-in game. Yeah. I like winning against Dallas in, in all, the, all the ways you can beat Dallas. I, oh, I just In Dallas, it's so nice. It does feel better <laughs> to beat them, at, like, at their place, especially since they built, the, like, the Jerry Jones Dome. Like, it feels so much better since they built that big gargantuan monstrosity to go in there and just embarrass them. All right. <laughs> so that, that's a and that's that's a what a, a Sunday night game, right? Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna be week, next week. It's 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 the national game. We're gonna be like lit on here at eleven thirty at night, <laughs> which is really gonna be twelve thirty at night. Uh, <laughs> recording this is, a podcast. This, this is day's first time change, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chuck. Take us through some hockey. What's going on with the Flyers? It's like a Jekyll and Hyde with that team. It really is. It really is. This West Coast trip um, has been great. And I'm pissed about it. Because you want Hackstall gone? Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't want to cut off our nose to spite our face. It's... That's what they're doing. 
by winning? Putting on a nose to spite their face. (laughs) Putting on the nose. Getting your nose fixed to spite your face. Yes. You got the nose job. Now everyone realizes how ugly you are in general. What are you doing? Going out there getting what? uh, Five five points? Yep. Yeah. Well, they've played well. They've played well in all three games. Um, If you want someone to blame, I say blame um, two people. Nolan Patrick and Ivan Provorov. The scumbags. <laughs> scumbags. Put them up future in the and let them watch a game or two. Le- learn something. Do the hacks. You should be watching McDonald out there. He'll show you what to do. <laughs> and well, hey, let's talk about uh Folan too. Um he's been not atrocious. Um so the the Flyers have had a hell of a rebound week. So let's find out who the hell they are. I mean, we had JVR coming back in maybe two weeks time, 10 days, two weeks. Um, well, thank God Neuvert's hurt because I didn't know what to do with myself. Well, yeah, Neuvert's hurt. And so is Elliot. Elliot left practice early today. Oh, I didn't so, know about that one. Yeah. We, well, that just happened though, right? That happened today. Yeah, that, that happened today. It makes it so less funny. Yeah. So Cal Pickard, Cal Pickard, oh. the man I knew as Calvin Picard up until this year, um, is apparently our starting goalie. So that's not good. Um, oh, I, well, I guess Lions coming up, eh? Yeah, sure thing, eh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. When I talk hockey, I just got to throw the A in there. My, Michael no, Neuvert, I... in the most like predictable way, pa, like. Does this guy ever go more than two weeks without hurting something? Like, Dude's is there any way to just is, is there any way to just wrap him in bubble wrap between starts so that he doesn't? I just don't understand how this guy is so fragile. Just let the poor man retire. Just go like, hey, you know, we're we're working things out in the pregame, postgame show, Mike. Like, uh, we I'm sure we can find a spot for you. Come on in with your broken English, and you know. You'll have a great time, but just retire, dude. <laughs> like Noivy, I love you. I met I met your wife um at the carnival last year. She's a lovely human being. We had a very nice interaction. You know, just please retire. Just just stop it. But like what the like what do you do now? Do you guys think like they should go out and get a goalie? Cause I, I mean what's the, what's the severity of this Elliot injury? No idea. No idea. So probably not severe, but he's coming off of surgery. He's coming off of, you know, a major injury before he's early 30s, like with 33. So that's never good in sports. So how would you not get ripped off going to get a goalie right now, though? Who would possibly be available that you're going to get at a reasonable price? Because you don't want anybody long term. It's not like you're going to go and just and everyone's break still the in bank. It right now. It's too yeah, everybody's early. still in it. Yeah. So you're kind of stuck. You've got this guy pickered because that's about the quality of guy that's going to be available, and you've already got that guy on the roster. And unless or you're going to, unless you're you going to just say it. to hell with it. No. <laughs> <laughs> you go on and go on and say your ludicrous suggestion, and then I'll just say the hell with it and just bring up Carter Hart. No. And the future's <laughs> now, Chuck. The future's now. If, if, if you look at how he's playing with the Phantoms, it is the reason why he's with the Phantoms. It is up and down games. You know, he looks like a starting AHL goalie. He's not which... being challenged enough down there. <laughs> so this is my excuse in high school. Bored. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's bored. You're the shots aren't hard enough. Excuse in high school. Yes. And college. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest and of life. life. <laughs> <laughs> but no, leave him down there. Let him start. I bring up bring up Lion. Um I don't know how Stolars is doing, but I like Lion better. So if you have to bring up anybody, bring up Lion. Is that a personality thing? No. Oh, um, you, you actually like his play better? I like his consistency better. Uh, Stolars, I guess I'm being prejudiced because of the injury and haven't really seen enough from him back. And yeah, mostly the injury, mostly the injury, but yeah, bring up line, but yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know. 
I still think this team is a playoff team. I still think this team is good. It's just it's hard to say. And our old friend, uh, you know, John Stevens got fired today. Oh, um, yeah, I saw that yep. just as we were getting ready to record that he got let go from the Kings. Yeah, for the love of God, don't bring him back. I hated Stevens as much as most people hate Hackstall. He, uh, Stevens he, never did anything for me. He think... he seemed like such an arrogant sob, and he he was like riding that AHL championship like it was you know because that he's the one that won that first Phantoms championship right with that 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 team that was essentially like an AHL dream team. Well, as a player, he won the first Phantoms championship. As a coach, he won the second Phantoms. Oh, championship. okay. So he's yeah. So and he's then like a he's phantom been, legend. Been, yeah, Phantom's legend. And, you know, I mean, he's known Neil Little. But um, his main thing was, oh, team's playing poorly. I moved up their, changed up their seats in the locker room. And all, <laughs> he did that multiple times. So is he like, he's like the feng shui of, of, of NHL coaches? Like he's real into like the energy in the room? <laughs> Well, in retrospect, he was probably just getting the coke heads away from each other, <laughs> like what we later found out about the team. So maybe that had more merit than it seemed at the time. Well, I'm glad we got all the coke heads together here on this podcast. <laughs> now we just have uh, the coke Chuck, dealers think, on this team. Did someone stand up in the locker room and go like, "Okay, come on, guys, we got to win it for the coach. He's going to get fired. We gotta, we gotta pull it. We gotta pull it together." I, I think I think they might have the organization <laughs> for the organization. He, uh, <laughs> no, uh, coach is a really good guy. Um, <laughs> so your Canadian is better. Your Canadian accent's better than mine. He watches that, a lot more minor league hockey than either of us combined. Yeah. <laughs> and curling, yeah, and curling. Women's curling's coming way too politicized, but I'll save that for the penalty box. Well, I'll get that uh, liberal icon gritty in there, and I'll take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> We're off the rails today, but no, I guess I think they they proved me wrong when I said they quit on Hackstall. I said this team quit on Hackstall, get rid of them, and the resilience they've shown that they've come back with. Apparently, they haven't. Apparently, they they think they're still in this. I don't think they're playing for Hackstall. I just don't think they hate them. You know, unlike the fan base, the fan base hates them, but I think. I, I think they're just playing better, and I want to go back. We mentioned Patrick. The Patrick line looks phenomenal. You know, the Giroux line looks, you know, good as well, but those top two lines are really clicking, driven by the second line, and um, Ivan Provorov's play has been back up to, to snuff. You know, maybe he's not been, you know, the dominant number one defenseman, but he he hasn't been a liability. He and he's gonna be the do, uh, the dominant number one defenseman again. So the the team really has turned around. So maybe they're winning it for the coach. Maybe you know Giroux got up there and you know in his broken English and you know <laughs> actually he speaks heavily accent English, but good. I don't I don't want to smirch the man's you know uh, vocabulary, but. Um, yeah, they're they're playing well. I don't think I don't think they're playing well for Hackstall, but I don't think they hate him. I don't, I don't think they quit on him. All right, let's switch over to the Sixers because that's another Jekyll and Hyde team we have going on. But they're a little bit easier to figure out. Uh, the Sixers are six and five right now and cannot win on the road. Do they have? They don't have a road six, win, right? No, they're six and zero at home and they're zero and five on the road. Uh, which today was the worst of the five. I thought today was they got off the. They were going to get off the schneid. There was an absolute drubbing at the hands of the Brooklyn Nets, who are not good. Like, do not be fooled, anyone who just watches Sixers games and knows nothing about the NBA. Uh, as oh, the a, Nets are as bad as you probably think. They as are. a minor follower of the NBA beyond the Sixers, I can tell you that if you watch the Nets play anybody else than they played today, they look terrible. Chuck, would I be correct in assuming if I asked you to list, like, five teams that you think are bad in basketball, would the Nets be on that list? Um, yes, actually. Yeah. yeah. yeah I like, so. If you want to talk ignorant basketball fans, I'd be one of them. And um... Well, I want to use you somehow in the NBA segment, so this is, I'm going to use you as the ignorant basketball fan. <laughs> New segment, folks. Ignorant basketball fan with Chuck. All right. Look... <laughs> Oh my gosh, we could do that. We could do uh, like remedial basketball trivia. All right, true or false, Chuck? Akeem Olajuwon is still in the league. 
No, but Gene, like, what is wrong with this team? Why can't we, we – is it just – this is just being – this is fluky? I don't think that they are real solid in their rotations, and they go as their turnovers go. When they have these mental lapses, today was like the – Oh, my God, when they fall into this. It... They get into these patterns or, or, or these, these games where they just have – they're trying to force things. Uh, for lack of a better term, they, they're trying to force plays that just aren't there. And they just – it tends to spiral out. Ben had one where he had 11 turnovers, what, a week and a half ago? They were all, I felt, guilty of it today. The other thing is there are certain players on this team that just feel like they are not holding up their weight. They just aren't – they aren't doing the things that they were here, they're here to do. And it's not just Mark Fultz. It's, it's other players that are just – there are moments where they'll be open or whatever – they're not making the passes at the correct time. They're not. They're not in the right position. They just. They're not playing well as a team. I feel like they've got five guys that are rarely on this court all at the same time, and it depends night to night which five guys it is that are playing well. This team cannot just be Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and sometimes JJ Redick. Like there needs to be some consistency outside of those three guys that this team can rely on. That was the difference with last year's team is you had a couple of other bench players who were true NBA professional basketball players who you could rely on to give you a certain level of consistent play. They certainly yeah. were not going to come into the game and hurt you. And right now, I feel like the team is young. I feel like Robert Covington from night to night gives you a completely different guy. I I, I really like the way Robert Covington plays, Covington plays defense most of the time. Sometimes his offense is dreadful. Sometimes if he's not dropping that three, there is literally nothing else he can give you in the game. I don't understand why he, he's not able to... to, to to produce some other offensive things. He's not a bad player around the rim either. So it, it really surprises me sometimes he'll just disappear. So I feel like right now their problem is mental consistency. That physically there is no reason why this team can't hang with anybody else in the league. They have all of the physical pieces on the team to to win every single night against anybody. Except maybe Golden State because that team's like an all-time all-time. The point being, if they're not mentally locked in and playing like mentally like it's a playoff game, th you can see them literally kind of take quarters off where they mentally just like they just seem checked out. They play yeah. lazy. They make lots of dumb mistakes. And it's really frustrating to watch because, you know, they are better than how they look on the court. And it's really frustrating. Today was the prime example of this is a team that came out on, in a back to back, went to Brooklyn showed up, figured they could just walk on the court and they would be able to whoop this team. They were not expecting to have to play another professional basketball team tonight, and they got really surprised. Well, yeah, again, it, it, this is another – when we played the Bucks, we were on the, the end of a back-to-back, a, a -back, and our back-to-back our seemed to always end with us on the road. Um, but whatever, it's just the way the schedule is so far. But, yeah, this is a – you looked at the game yesterday, and Embiid was absolutely – dominant in that game i mean i was like yes this dude is figuring out that he can do whatever he wants um whenever he wants to do it and like finally you know we're not seeing him constantly at the top of the key right. um looking for those, that three either taking a three or or doing a pump fake with a three um and really you know bullying the ball down low making it happen giving defenders absolute fits i mean i love the social media game uh talking about like building houses and drummond's head um and just i love that rivalry and i just knew when that game started especially after the way the last pistons game ended right um that this was going to be a, a fun game with like a sort of a pseudo playoff like atmosphere and i would love to see this as an early round oh it would be great series. it would be an absolute it would be an absolute classic um, but so why the hell does um, Joel Embiid only have uh, – how many shots did he take today? Well, he seemed like most guilty of being he this – He took eight shots. Yeah, he seemed most to be mentally checked out of this game. He got in foul trouble kind of early. The thing that I noticed, there's a, there's a play late in the game in the fourth quarter that really kind of illustrates where I think his head was at today. And he's under the basket. He gets the, the, the ball down low. And – the the center for the for the the Nets is not like a like he's not even like a guy that's going to sniff the All Stars, and 
he's just standing there, and wow. Joel throws an like an elbow directly into the guy's jaw for no other reason than to just kind of like muscle around. But Joel does not need to do that. He doesn't need to play that way. He just needs to take like follow his fundamentals, go straight up with the ball, and and get the get the basket. It's right as we're trying to to make a little run there in the fourth quarter, and he takes an offensive foul, and it's his fifth foul, which then takes which then puts him on the bench. Yeah. And that's a that's a mental lapse. You've got to be aware of the situation. You've got to be aware of the opponent you're playing against, who's a guy you don't need to be that physical against. And you've got to be aware of like that if you take this foul where we are in the point in the quarter, you're taking yourself out of the game. Because then he sits for the next four minutes. And if you're not on the court, guess what? You're not helping us get back into this game. We weren't out of it was we were within twelve points, which with like eight minutes left in the game. There's no reason why we can't make a run and make it close. But you take Joel out of the the game, your our defense goes way down. And that's not a good position to be in. And that's a, a that's the difference between a guy who's got five years' experience in the league, has has got a couple hundred games under his belt, and and where Joel is is at, where he's still kind of raw material. Because remember, he had two years. He had one year in college, and that's essentially his his basketball career. Like, and then he was a professional. Like, mm-hmm. this is not a guy who grew up playing in organized AAU basketball leagues like some of these other guys. This is yeah. he is still yeah. a raw piece of raw material, which is what makes him so amazing. But also, these sorts of mental lapses are very frustrating. Yeah, when you look at like Golden State, for instance, with Curry and Thompson and Drummond, you know they were not winning NBA titles in their first three seasons. So there's some time. We have some time to get this together. But I think. But let's talk about the uniforms because I haven't talked about fashion in like two episodes. Right, and that's my <laughs> wheelhouse. City, the city uniforms. The Sixers released their city uniforms, based on they sweatpants. Are, yeah, they are inspired by Rocky's gray sweatpants. <laughs> um, is anyone else disturbed by the? Uh, I don't know the marketing. <laughs> yeah, like everything is about money with the Sixers. Yeah, well, I, I mean, from well, it's, it's, from, everything is about money with the NBA because no, that's why they're, they're the first league it. that are the ones that caved and put ads on their jerseys. And there's something to be said for that. The NBA yeah. was the first league to to kind of open that door. Now I know and that the, the Sixers were the first team to open that door. Yeah, and now I get. You no, know, you know, you have to pay to be on the waiting list to pay for tickets. Yeah, no, I know. Cl- Club seventy six. Right. Yeah, no, I know. That I like, come on, man. But then you go to New Orleans and you can like walk up and they'll like basically give you a ticket if you, you know, what I mean, like that's the thing that there's such disparity in this uh, of all the leagues. Like, I feel like there is really like the rich and the poor in the NBA. There is, there are some teams that are just not an attraction, they're just not a draw. And New Orleans is one of the best players, absolutely top five players oh, in yeah. the league that people oh, should yeah. be going out to see. And that's not a that's a playoff team, people don't go there. It's not a pro town. It's not, it's not a pro a, town. Anyway, whatever. I don't want to talk about the New Orleans. Let's <laughs> talk about how our uniforms are a movie tie-in. Yeah. Like, Which what? is their product placement. I kind of enjoy that they're a movie tie-in. You know, I I mean, Philadelphia loves Rocky. Philadelphia. Do we love Creed? I mean, I, I think we love Creed by... I like Creed. I, yeah, I, I, well, I mean, I do too. I mean, uh, Michael B. Jordan's a hell of an actor. I really enjoyed Creed. But it doesn't necessarily feel that hometown pride. But it's a really tangential connection to Rocky. And I was, you know, so-so on the uniforms uh, when they leaked. And then it was, like, based on Rocky's sweatpants. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I would have been better if they had just been meat patterned. Like, it should have been more like meat pattern and be like based on rocky hitting people in like hitting ribs in freezers <laughs> but it just seems like it doesn't inspire like how oh, we're gonna go out and kick ass it's not like rocky's boxing trunks it's like i you know get it you know get a workout in go see adrian go see coffin link you know like oh, it, but- it, it, i'm kind of meh on them and the you know the a circle of stars around the 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 number on the front makes the number kind of look small. It's it's they're they're weird. I I would say I I give them credit for creativity, but it's going to be a a C 
solid C, uh, considering C minus, but solid C. I feel like in a marketing room, it, it sounds good. Like, we're going to tie it into Rocky. Everybody in Philly loves Rocky. It's going to be everybody jazzed up. Everybody likes it. And then, like, well, what part of Rocky? Well, we could do a red, white, and blue shorts. Ah, uh, no, nah, that's stupid. Let's do them based on sweatpants. Oh, yeah, everybody will buy them because sweatpants are comfortable. So that's how the meeting went. I feel like I was there. Like, that's how the meeting went. <laughs> Everyone will buy because sweatpants are comfortable. In all honesty, I feel a bit insulted with this. I don't know. People that have some sort of connection to Philadelphia, like, are such morons. They'll just eat up anything Rocky. I don't know. I think like, I'm interested in severing a bit of the emotional connection to Rocky. Am I? Is it blasphemy that I say that? No, I don't well, think it's the blasphemy. only Italian on the broadcast. Well, uh, maybe maybe that's blasphemy for you, but for me, I'm you know we can ditch the fictionals you know sports hero. We but have do I have to watch in every seventh inning that the Phillies are down? Uh, the win win and then the bell toll and all that like it doesn't do anything for us anymore come on i think that it we need to go back to when it was was used more sparingly you know when when stallone would show up at an opener you know like kind of late in the andy reed era you know that kind of still got me fired up but like you said like the overkill of certain particular pieces of the mythology like it's time to to get away from some of that. And I'm, I am literally probably the, you know, the, the quintessential like Rocky apologist. Like the only thing that I feel like this, the, Rocky, yeah, I the only thing that. I feel like is unforgivable is Rocky five. Like just as a concept, like just everything about that was horrible, but much to your point, like I'll, I'll be honest, like I hated those uniforms when I first saw a picture. And then they said the word Rocky attached to them. And I was like, Oh wait, Rocky, huh? What? What? Did somebody say Rocky? I love Rocky. And then I was like, no, wait, they're still stupid. They're still going to look dumb. On but the then court. you're like, yo, sweatpants are comfortable. <laughs> yeah, like, I'll totally buy them because I want to wear them, but not because, like, I want anybody to see me in them, which is the quintessential thing about sweatpants. Everybody has the pair that they like, but they never wear them outside of the house. Very true. Well, I, I hope they're just sweatpant material. Like, so they, like, wear, you know, watch them on the court wear them in the bedroom like you know it's a new definition of the philly flu like you know opponents don't want to play the sixers and when you're sick you know wear a sixers jersey but is it going to be the kind of thing as hell. where we'll we'll wear them that first time and we'll beat you know we'll beat some team by 50 points and then we're going to be like oh they're lucky although oh, that God. didn't work for the eagles because remember those god-awful yellow and light blue things that we uh, wore and we beat detroit by like 70 points and we never wore them again because they looked dreadful and they had nothing to do with, like, the Eagles' aesthetic. But everybody still has that yellow and blue Brian Westbrook jersey hanging oh, in a Cobb closet jersey. somewhere. Yeah, and Kevin Cobb jersey hanging in a closet somewhere. And Trent Cole. <laughs> <laughs> Trent Cole, you bastard. So can we, like, take, like, because I know we're running late on time, but can we take, like, two minutes and talk about the hot stove a little bit? Yeah, who you want? So... Look, I'm so I first thing this morning I was scanning around the old internet and uh I'm I'm kind of getting sick of the take of the Phillies have so much money they should just take all of the free agents. Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, they're all going to come to the No, they're not. It's not going to happen. Like there is no world where we get Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. There's no world where I really want that. Why would they do that? If you're the $130 million man that Manny Machado is, why would you want to be overshadowed by the fact that we're also bringing Bryce Harper? And think about those two individuals, what we know about them from watching them play in other places. Do either one of them look like the kind of guys that are interested in sharing the limelight? Because I don't I think— how you think it's only going to be $130 million to get Manny Machado. <laughs> right. No, it's probably going to be even more than that. But— Yeah. Here's the other thing. With a 14-year deal. I have allowed – I've finally come around and come to terms with the fact that, like, I want Bryce Harper now. Like, that is where emotionally I am at. Like, that has become what I think it makes the most sense for this team. I'm out on Manny Machado. I think he's probably a better baseball player. I think he's a terrible fit culture-wise. Like, I just feel like he is not going to be a guy. He's he's going to be a much better version with uh, of, a, of a Bobby Abreu with, with basically the, that same attitude. 
Bryce Harper, as much as I hate him, I feel like I'm much more likely to have a guy like that come in when he's playing for my team to be able to embrace that sort of cocky attitude that he's got if he's irritating other teams. And I I know that he already hates the Mets, so he gets a, a point for me, like, for that, because I hate the Mets, too. So that's kind of where I'm at emotionally. I'm so I just I'm bored with the take of the Phillies have so much money they'll just take everybody. Because so Gene, are you saying are you the saying, Yankees have uh, all the money in the whole world? Why don't they just take everybody every year? I know they try. Are, are you saying uh, we have lines open now? Uh, call in now. Weigh in. Is Manny Machado a Philly guy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, well, the Yankees have said that they are not in for Harper. Yeah, I know that. I know that. But I feel like the Yankees are in for Machado, and I feel like he's no, like— they are. I feel like he is absolutely a Yankee guy. And Mike Stanton and, and, and Manny Machado, yeah, no, that seems about right to me. And they need to load for Bear to go after that Boston team because that Boston team is, gonna, is not getting worse. That's still a good squad. The other thing that I wanted to talk about with the, with, with the, with the whole hot, hot stove kind of conversation, anybody surprised that Kershaw just kind of like caved and, and, and resigned and didn't really test the waters? Nah, not really. No, I thought he was going to maybe do it, but we talked about it on a previous episode a little bit, but nah, it was kind of like a fantasy thing. Just kind of, but I feel like the Phillies, the the time is now, like, I know we were talking about trout earlier. I I will be so angry if they get neither Harper or Machado or really do anything this off season with the eye towards like, well, we're waiting for Mike Trout. Don't no, do no, that no. to They're me. They're not going to do that. But so I think there's three camps, right? You're either in the Machado camp, the Harper camp, or you're in the I wouldn't give any of these guys that much money, and then you want to <laughs> go like sign Nick Markakis for a two year deal and like maybe get Patrick Corbin or something. But is that? Do you feel like there's any combination of 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 two other players that aren't a Machado or B Harper that's going to give you a the wins you need to make the playoffs and B the marquee um, value that a guy like Harper or Machado brings to you. Oh, because sure. Dallas Keuchel's a, a free agent? I didn't know that. That's a pitcher I would actually like. Yeah. They're saying, uh, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at on MLB.com. They're saying that he would be a good fit for the Angels, which, yeah, I guess it would be a good fit. Um, so what are you, you're Harper, right? I'm I, At this point, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% Harper. I really feel like that makes the most sense. Everything I've read basically has kind of said, especially with the Yankees basically announcing, pro, you know, we are not going to go after him. It, it just, it just makes sense. Like that, it just seems like the right fit. We, yeah, we, and, he's got this position for him. He would look so good in the three hole. It makes the lineup makes so much sense. The only other thing that I feel like you need to make happen is you've got to figure out a way to get um, Reese Hoskins out of left field and into first base. Like if you can do those two things, I feel like you make your team infinitely better. The problem with the Phillies is, is a... about defense. It's not. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if this is a bad sign, but uh, we did tweet at Bryce Harper um, in an effort to get him to come to Philadelphia. We have received no response. So. Oh, oh, Potadelphia did. Yeah. Oh. No well, response. Yeah, I, I, I mean, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe he's still like in negotiating and can't really talk about it. Yeah, but maybe Should he saw get... it and was like, "I think, I think these guys, I think these guys have something good." Should we give him the the gene treatment? You know of, you know the the gene defect treatment, not not like gene therapy. Um, no. where you're gonna put him in the penalty box this week, Chuck? Well, no, just the the stepping up of online harassment until he pays attention to us. <laughs> um, some of my ex girlfriends probably would like a word with you about that. Solid, maybe. Let's put a pin in that for right now, Chuck. <laughs> All right, I'm firing up the Twitter right now. All right, well, uh, hold off on firing up that Twitter because I think it's time for Chuck's penalty box. Ah! All right, so this week we'll start with Gene. Gene, who do you have in Chuck's penalty box? I'm glad you started with me because Dave. I almost put you in the penalty box for the simple reason is that you made me give a shit about the, the uh, Philadelphia Union. You convinced me to buy in <laughs> to the Philadelphia Union. But really, I think I'm going to put the Philadelphia Union as an organization on the penalty box. Because once again, you have teased me into trying to, 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 to buy in to MLS in Philadelphia with, with get, making the playoffs. And then you crap away a chance to have a home playoff game and you lay a, a stupid, dirty, terrible egg 
against uh, NYCFC. And uh, again, I am left disappointed in your performance under under pressure. So in my penalty box, the Philadelphia Union. All right, Gene is giving the Union a red card. They're getting tossed from this game and can't come back for the next one. Union, get your act together and definitely don't lose to New York. Uh, Dave, Dave, who is in your penalty box? Okay, so in my penalty box is people who are crying that we should have traded Ben Simmons to get uh, Kawhi uh, in the offseason after the Raptors game and his just sort of disappearance in that game first off come on like Kawhi is clearly 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 a rental for this season so you'd be giving a potentially generational player away for a one season rental to watch Kawhi play with Joel Embiid it's just not realistic and dude get off this guy man it's his second like actual season playing basketball he's gonna get better he will develop a jump shot I'm telling you just give it time and stop with the overreaction one one damn game he doesn't show up and we should have traded him it's it's nonsense all right sixers <laughs> sixers fans are getting two minutes for overreaction with the exchange rate up to canada that actually works out to two minutes and 30 seconds And in my penalty box is adult Philly fanatic fans. <laughs> I, I love the fanatic. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I think we should all love the fanatic. But this is the second year in the row that it's happened to my family. Uh, every year we participate in the Greater Philadelphia um, ALS Association Walk. And it has a, there's more to that title, but... Uh, the ALS uh, Association of Greater Philadelphia is a wonderful organization. If you have and you can, please donate to them. They do wonderful work. It's a matter uh, near and dear to the heart of my family, my wife's family especially. But they do a walk, and it's around Citizens Bank Ballpark. It's a great time, and the fanatic is there. And two years in a row, my son spotted the fanatic. And it was like trying to get, like— a leper to Christ. I am like carrying this child, like pushing people aside, like, please, fanatic, see my boy, like, see my child. And there are adults like fanatic, like no children near them. I have a, you know, last year, a two-year-old, this year, a three-year-old, like, just like beaming and shouting and like extending his body to the fanatic. And I'm like, please get the hell out of the way. Like to let this child see the fanatic. I pushed somebody this year for you. Like a little forearm push of like people, like just like taking photos of the fanatic and like this was like, Oh, Hey, look, it's fanatic. I'm like, please. I have a three-year-old like, like screaming, like fanatic, fanatic. And he got a high five, but I had to do some things I was not proud of to push adults aside. So please adults, if you're a fanatic fan, which we all are wave, say hi, just look around you. And if there's a toddler screaming for the fanatic, Get out of the way. So, adults, you're getting uh, an obstruction penalty. Two minutes in the box. Get out of the way. It's good good dad work there by you, Chuck. <laughs> Did you I see the have... video of uh, Franklin um, holding up the baby? Um, well, like the Simba cam or Lion King cam? Like, it I, was like I a reverse see... raise the cat. I, I don't know. It was like... <laughs> They said something like best view of the game or whatever, and it was a picture of – it was a video of Franklin holding up a baby like to see over the crowd. Um, but like I, who have played a costumed character in an amusement park, was told strictly parents are going to try to hand you children. Do not accept them. Yeah, that, that shit will get you kicked out of bear sort country, of like man. Liability. Don't, don't touch the babies. Don't touch the children. Anyway. I was like, you don't, have to, you don't even have to tell me that. I'm not, I'm not picking up a baby. Believe me. Um, okay, everybody, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, we are going to see you uh, next week 
uh, after the Dallas game. Maybe we'll drop a little uh, video into your uh, YouTube feeds and Facebook feeds later on this week. Uh, you can uh, you can also hear me this week on the Stone Age Gamer podcast. Uh, took part in some trivia, uh, a little preview I did very poorly at but it was uh, it was a lot of fun anyway so check out the stone age gamer podcast uh and all the great content that is on geekade.com also uh please check out the whip around podcast our sister podcast for all your uh strange bizarre news um actually i don't know what they're going to be talking about this week because i am not on the episode but check it out anyway uh phil's going to be on with uh, some science stuff uh for you um and then uh that's all i have so have a great day at work, everybody. We'll see you Monday.